0: Do all of your tales have tales? Mine too. We all enjoy a funny story, an uplifting account, or a sweet childhood memory involving animals. That's what we're sharing on this podcast. As a lifelong animal lover like you, and a professional pet and people photographer, you can imagine I have many tales to tell. Every week I will be premiering an episode that I narrate or have a special guest join me to share their tale. This podcast goes along with the Tales with Tales Facebook group at Silverpaw Studio, so be sure to join me there too. Now enjoy today's episode. Hello, Tales with Tales listeners. On the show this week, I have my friend Teresa Carlson. She has a pretty unique job. I met her several years ago when she was volunteering and on the staff at Animal House Rescue and Grooming as a certified veterinary technician. And shortly after that, she got her dream job working at Colorado State University in the exotics department. Yeah. And I met her whole family when I photographed everyone probably a couple of years ago now. And then since then, I see her at all kinds of animal events. And she's told me about these cool conservation trips she takes for elephants Uh, Yeah, she is an extremely interesting person. I'd love to be a fly on the wall of a typical day in Teresa's life. And you'll get to hear all about it today on the show, previously recorded for the Critter Patter radio show, all the way from goldfish to elephants. Let's find out more about awesome Teresa Carlson. Enjoy hi monique renee here from silver paw studio every week here on critter patter we talk everything animals thursdays at 6 30 p.m today i have guest in the studio Teresa carlson and she has quite a love of animals I cannot wait to talk to Teresa. I met her a couple of years ago, I think when she was working at Animal House. We're going to find out about in a second. Teresa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yay. So am I right? Did we meet at Animal House? Yes, we did. Okay. You were their, one of their technicians.
1: Yes. But before even that, I was volunteering with them. Okay. So I have. Been you know working with them for quite a while.
0: Okay, so that's where we originally met. You're not there anymore. We're going to talk about that in a second because I think it's super cool. Oh my gosh, I want to be a shadow on the wall at your job someday. <laughs> I know we've talked about that. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to back up a little bit because I'm getting ahead of myself like I always do. And tell us a little bit about what you do now, and kind of what led you to that in your life, if you would. Yeah, so I am a certified
1: veterinary technician, and I work at the Colorado State University Vet Teaching Hospital, and I work with the um, avian, exotic, and zoo Medi- medicine department there.
0: Wow. That seems like a very wide pool of animals. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You said avian and exotics. thats that just, like, everything except dogs, cats, and barn animals, or...?
1: Essentially, yeah. <laughs> so we don't take care of any livestock, and we don't take care of, you know, your dogs and cats, but we take care of pretty much everything else, birds, reptiles, small mammals like rabbits and guinea pigs. And
0: Oh, my goodness. I want to hear more stories about that, but I want to know what led you to that? Have you always had a passion for helping animals? Yeah, I have. I've
1: always had a passion and a love of animals. And, uh, you know, growing up, I always had a, a menagerie, <laughs> you know, in, in our house. And I always knew I wanted to be in an animal field. And as I grew, vet tech, you know, just fit with me the best. And so that's what I pursued.
0: Oh, that's so cool. And I love that because I I envision a lot of people listening have kids that say, I want to work in the vet office or something like that, too, um, and maybe don't know this is a path they could take. So I'm pretty excited to hear more about this. Do you have pets of your own?
1: I do. I have currently three dogs. Mm -hmm. I don't actually have any exotics right now, (laughs) but um, three wonderful dogs, two Weimaraners and a Lab Great Dane mix um, that are everything. And I guess we do have four fish right now, Ooh, too. Oh, so.
0: so fun. Yeah. And so at some point, I'm assuming you thought, hey, I want to I want to get a degree in this. I, yes. This is really what I want to do as a career. Right. And you did that right here in Colorado, right? Yeah,
1: I did. I did that right here in Fort Collins at uh, Front Range Ah, uh, community college. They have a two-year veterinary tech technician program.
0: Mm. Mm. Oh, just two years! Ooh, yeah. wow! Uh, so, for any of you that maybe don't want to put how many years—ten years—into being a veterinarian, right? Right. <laughs> um, veterinarians need lots and lots of technicians. Right. Um, so this seems like a great way to go. And you agree? Yeah, you've liked your choice. I <laughs> definitely agree.
1: I've definitely loved my choice. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I um, I have visited with my two tiny birds at that time I think I had three little zebra finches that I took to CSU I didn't know really where else to go with my little birds um so I messaged you like ah I need some help and so I distinctly remember this is probably a couple of years ago now and I went to the CSU uh is it called emergency or? Uh, so you came to the exotics. Exotics emergency. And you were the technician that yeah. day. And I walked in with my entire birdcage. And you go into this exam room that has all pictures of birds on it and everything. So I felt really at home. And and it's a teaching hospital. So another um, vet in training, I suppose, a whole group of people right. uh, came in and, and this, the the doctor there, he, poor thing, he had to try to catch one of these little bitty birds. I never catch them, you know; they don't like to be handled. Uh, but he was a he was a champ. I learned a lot that day, but I'll never forget Teresa. <laughs> you probably remember this. You walked in and out of the exam room a couple of times as the tech for the for that exam. And one time you walked in and you're wiping your hands off on your scrubs. And you're like, I just hate it when I get eagle blood on my hands. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, wow, whatever. <laughs> I really wanted to, like, leave my birds in the cage right there and run back and see what kind of eagle you happen to be helping that day. Right. <laughs> that and, and that's just one teeny tiny story mm-hmm. of the little bit that I know about what you have had a chance to treat and work with at CSU. Do you remember that day? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And that was, um, that was a, a falconer's bird that had come in and, um, you know, the blood, it, w- it was nothing huge. It was a, you know, just a blood feather that had uh, <laughs> yeah. ruptured. And so the the eagle was just fine for anyone curious. But...
0: Uh, oh, I think at the time, I just assumed you were doing a blood test. Ah, you okay. know, I, so I... Okay, blood feather, that's even simpler. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, we see, you know, a variety of creatures. And sometimes things still even surprise me. Last year, we had a very, very, very large snake come in uh, that we had to do surgery on. And uh, so that was quite an adventure. She was 17 feet long.
0: (gasps) Wow. Yeah.
1: I'm still, you know, surprised by things and learning two years into being there. And... It's it's amazing, the the things I get to learn and the things I get to do, and I think that's one thing I love so much about my job is that it's a constant opportunity to learn new things and keep my brain, you know, keep the gears spinning.
0: Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, you also help with animals from local zoos, is that correct? We do work with, uh, yeah, local facilities, (laughs) zoos, and
1: uh, we work with the Rocky Mountain Raptor program as well. And, yeah, we get to see, you know, everything from a one-gram goldfish to a, you know, 12,000-pound elephant, you know. So (laughs) it's a... quite a variety and you know it it keeps me challenged for sure yeah any other stories that stick out in your mind one of the ones that sticks out to me is we uh right when i right around the time i started we had a wallaby oh and um that was a really awesome case uh that i learned a lot from but uh you know, in essence, the wallaby had come in for some for some dental problems, mm-hmm. and uh, we we had it hospitalized there with us. And uh, he was an amazing animal. He was so friendly, oh. and you know, he gave hugs and kisses. Oh. And he was he was harness trained. We got to hop him down the hall <laughs> down to go get his weight oh every day, goodness. and he was a. Uh, just the sweetest little animal, and I, I had no idea at that point that, you know, wallabies were even legal to be pets or anything, yeah. and, you know, it, I learned so much about the care they take, um, you know, how much care they need, and they're not easy by any means, But um, but, yeah, it's... Oh. Give us an idea of how big a
0: wallaby is.
1: So a wallaby is... I mean, not huge. They're probably a couple feet tall, two, toddler two and a size. half. Yeah, toddler oh, size. Okay. But they do have very powerful tails and legs, ah. you know, so um, still something you have to watch out for, especially okay. with the ones that aren't as, as sweet or willing to participate <laughs> in their care. But, uh, oh. but yeah, we've seen a few of them.
0: Wow. Did you have a chance to treat an owl? a year or so ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that was an owl from uh, probably the uh, Rocky Mountain Raptor program. We see quite a few of the birds there, Mm -hmm. you know, because we work with them pretty closely, and I've gotten the chance to learn how to handle them, Mm. um, to hold them, and uh, how to uh, help treat them, you know, and... That
0: wasn't the snowy owl that came through, was it?
1: There was a snowy owl that came through. super
0: rare in Colorado. Super rare. Yeah, for whatever strange reason, the snowy owl came through Mm -hmm. and ended up in your hands. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, and they they were successfully able to treat him and um, release him to, and I don't know where they released him. Mm -hmm. Um, They kept that pretty pretty low-key, I think, yeah. but with, like they do with all of their birds. But.
0: Yeah, it got garnered a lot of media attention. Mm-hmm. People were yeah. so shocked. <laughs> like, what is this bird doing here? And uh, I'm so glad it all worked out yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. so
1: that, that was a really amazing thing to see for sure.
0: What's kind of fun about or, you know, helpful to the community with CSU is that I could bring my pets there, but you also work with the organizations. Right. Um, so, if someone has an animal that they're not sure, they can always contact CSU. Yeah,
1: they can always contact CSU. The one thing we don't see is wildlife. Okay. Um. So. If, if there is injured wildlife or, you know, other, you can contact us for more information on where to take them.
0: Oh, good point. Good point. Um, I was so happy to be able to take my little finches in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of
1: people don't know you can take, you know, songbirds, finches yeah. for care. We do care on all sorts of species.
0: Yeah. We think so much of just the dogs and cats mm-hmm. or like for here horses, right? Yeah. It's yeah. getting a
1: lot more common. People bring, you know, their rabbits in, their... Oh reptiles are getting a lot more common snakes and, you know, things like bearded dragons and yeah. There's a lot, you know, that people don't know that we can do with those little guys. And and
0: so. they need such specialty care. They do. Um, I learned even just really basic stuff. For some reason, my little finches were still trying to lay eggs. So I really just needed to augment their food. Right. And so the veterinarian there was like, oh, here you go. Here's a recipe or a formula. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Awesome. That'll yeah. help my little birds live a little longer. So I'm yeah. glad that we have that resource here in Fort Collins.
1: Yeah. Husbandry. People don't you know, really realize seeing these guys at the pet store and things, you know, that they can just, they're so available to people, but they don't realize the, the specialized husbandry care they need. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we can see a lot of problems from, just arising from incorrect husbandry that can be pretty easily fixed, you know, and so that's why we advocate a lot for, you know, wellness exams and things because we can help correct that. We can um, hopefully find any issues before they become a huge problem because people don't realize also with a lot of these small animals that, you know, they they show different signs of being Mm. ill and it's something that if you see with a dog or a cat... Uh, You might think, okay, they're a little off. Mm -hmm. You know, I might want to watch that, but that's something in some of our small creatures that might be a sign of, you know, advanced illness. Mm. And that's more of an emergency.
0: Oh, right. And you have the special training to see what we might think is a very subtle sign. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one
1: thing I'm always adamant about is teaching our clients, you know, those signs of illness in our small guys and what to watch out for.
0: Oh, oh, that's wonderful. Um, And I also like that, I mean, we talk about emergency, but you can also do your your wellness exams there. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Which,
0: you know, I... I forget (laughs) to, you know, dogs and cats. I remember, okay, every 6 to 12 months you go in. But you could take in all of your other critters for their wellness exams.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We advocate for wellness on all of our birds and small mammals and reptiles to come in once a year, get them checked out, and make sure everything's going okay. We can can do blood work on these guys just like in a dog or a cat to look at those levels. And, you know, that helps us catch things before things become advanced and...
0: And it's mind-boggling how long some of these animals can live, yeah. you know. So you want to really keep up on that. But like, say, my dog maybe will be 15, right. but your bird could be 50. Yeah, I right? had a I had
1: a cockatiel of my own. He um he was my buddy for a long time. I had him from the time I was 10 years old up until this year. I just lost him this year. Oh. He was 26 oh. years old.
0: Wow! Wow! A cockatiel, you said? Yeah. I had no idea. Wow. That's impressive. And it can be a simple thing you find out in the wellness exam. Like, here, do this do a little bit different nutrition. Right. Right. Yeah. That's so cool. How did you, I didn't actually ask this. So many vet techs that I know automatically just go into dogs and cats right. or horses. How... Did you just, did you intentionally go to exotics or did it kind of happen? Kind of both. Uh, I always knew
1: that's where I wanted to end up as in oh. a zoo and exotics field. Okay. Um, but I know, I knew that by researching it, that it can be, you know, a challenging field to get into, and um, it's very um, specialized, you know. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting to get into it right away or anything, but uh, I found uh, the place I'm at now uh, through schooling, actually, and I volunteered there for a while uh, to learn more and help them out, and eventually they opened a job that I was able to apply for.
0: And- awesome. Okay, so it was an intentional path for you. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And again, to anyone listening, that can be an intentional path, mm-hmm. no matter where you are in the in the world.
1: I yeah, and I really advocate for, you know, if, if you're looking into these fields, going and volunteering at places because that can give you a lot of information about what you want to do, and it can be very helpful to those places as oh, well.
0: Good point. And I, I think that's a good segue, Teresa, to talk about – this other passion of yours that you volunteer for and I think I alluded to that at the top of the show but it's elephants we're gonna segue all the way from (laughs) my tiny little finches to elephants tell us a little bit more about this so I am a
1: giant pachyderm nerd I always (laughs) have been Uh, ever since I was little I have had a giant adoration for elephants, and as I've grown, that's grown into, you know, all pachyderms—elephants, rhinos—and so I knew I've always wanted to do something with that, and uh, I had the opportunity uh, several years ago to start volunteering with an organization for conservation, mm-hmm. and uh, was able to get into that and visit some visit Nepal. I've, wow. I've been a couple of times now for elephant and rhino conservation, wow. and uh, work with them on a local level as well to to help with you know conservation initiatives.
0: Oh my goodness! So tell us when you go there, what's what do you do? I'm assuming you're using your your medical background to help with maybe exams or whatever they need.
1: Yeah. So um, pretty much the premise of the organization that um, which is the Katie Adams and Conservation Fund. Okay is um kind of to help people get into uh, more conservation related fields oh. so it's kind of a segue kind of a stepping stone to help people get to where they want to be okay. um so uh, we have conservation initiatives all over the world not just Nepal but uh, it started in Nepal you know so a, a lot of times um for the first time people go they'll go with groups um, and experience kind of, the ecotourism and mm-hmm. the, uh, the ways we're working to help them, you know, and maybe help with a couple of projects, uh, depending on what's going on at the time. And then hopefully from there, you know, people will catch the bug and want to keep going. And um, we can, you know, work with them on that and help keep people going and doing what they love and oh. helping grow that
0: in them. Okay, growing the awareness yeah, yeah, that all this needs to happen. So that's really interesting to me. Even if you don't have a medical background, mm-hmm. you can go and do oh, all of these efforts. Absolutely. Wow, anywhere. Yeah. It sounds like not just Nepal where you go. Right. Walk me through, if you would, like a day. So I'm assuming you take about a week or two to take this trip?
1: Yeah, so... Um, both times I've been, it's been for about two, two and a half weeks okay. that I've been.
0: So you, you figure out how to get there. Right. And you're there mm-hmm. <laughs> at their place. You as a, a veterinary technician, walk me through like what a day would be like there.
1: So say this last time I went, I went to help because we uh, we actually raised money and helped them build a new veterinary hospital oh. uh, in uh, one of the areas that we work with them down there, and uh, so they got the hospital built, and they um, hadn't quite been using it yet, and mm-hmm. so uh, me and another vet tech went over there to kind of help them, help figure out what they need to equip them to to get them into the building and start using it, um, and give them the tools they need to to utilize, you know, what they had. And so when we were out there, we did a lot of one-on-one with the the veterinarians and the organizations in the area that we were in. Um, we also got to go out with them on kind of some field calls, see some of the elephants in the area and stuff that mm-hmm. might have needed medical care and um, see what they do on a day-to-day basis. and. Mm-hmm.
0: Ooh, yeah, that's really cool. Have you gotten updates? Have have are they using this space? Do they do they still like consult with you?
1: Yeah, so they still consult with us all the time. We work with them pretty closely, and um, uh, they're still working on getting some of the equipment they need. Mm. So we're hopeful that you know here soon they'll be in the building. Okay. Um, we're working uh, with some local organizations to try to get some donations for mm. equipment and
0: I'm trying to remember pictures that you've showed me of mm-hmm. the facility and it's outdoors yeah well um, part of it part of it okay. so they have huge.
1: <laughs> kind of a, a a big outdoor area more for the elephants yeah. and stuff that they can uh, do some things with the elephants out there and then they have more of their indoor area for the smaller elephants animals and stuff. Oh, that,
0: see, that would be pretty interesting to me, too. I envision the next time you go there, if it's all up and running, you get to be outside in nature and helping the elephants. Like, right. Wow. Yeah. What an experience. Win-win, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm assuming you plan on going back. Oh, absolutely. He'd yeah. <laughs> probably be back every year if you could. Yeah. Can you tell me the name of the organization again? Katie Adamson Conservation Fund. Like K-A... D-Y? K-A-T-I-E. K-A-T-I-E. Okay. All right. So that sounds amazing. And did you get to take any of your family with you, or is this something you just get to go do yourself?
1: So the first time I went, uh, it was both my husband and I got to go. And then this last time I went, it was uh, just me along with another vet tech.
0: Now, your husband's not a vet tech?
1: No, he's not.
0: So what did he get to do when he was there?
1: Uh, So he got to... um, participate in pretty much anything the rest of us did oh. because it's not all medical-related. You know, it's more conservation-related. We help build fences. Oh. We, you know, help with other conservation initiatives all over.
0: Interesting. Okay, there's so much more to this than I ever envisioned. Yeah. Any cool stories of your trips there, uh, elephant encounters or anything you got to do?
1: Yeah, I got to do stuff. Uh, a lot of elephant encounters. I got to draw blood on a couple Ooh. of elephants. I got to trim elephant feet, <gasps> wow, which was absolutely amazing. Um, I got to learn a lot about uh, what they do with the elephants in the area and how we can help the elephants in the area and come up with some amazing ideas for how to help. And like I said, we continue to work closely with them year after year, and it's an amazing experience to be able to get out there and, you know, try to do some good in the world and try to help these species that are so important to life on Earth. and.
0: And are these completely wild elephants? Are they on a
1: reserve? So there are wild elephants in Nepal, and then there are also um, what we call privately owned elephants in the area. So there are still working elephants in the area.
0: Okay. So were you, like, scared when you went up and you were so... You were touching an elephant. Yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> it's a little
1: nerve wracking. You know, in yeah. the United States, we more uh, have gone to protected contact with everything. Yeah. Uh, with, with these, you know, larger creatures and stuff. And uh, so being in a non-protected contact
0: environment is a little, Whoa. yeah, makes your heart race a little. Wow. So I envision you in like a Jeep driving up to the field where they're at. And just walking up to them—is that correct? Uh, not
1: typically. Okay. So a lot of uh, a lot of the transportation around there is like scooters.
0: And oh, stuff. okay. So
1: um, it's a lot of scooters and stuff. But uh, yeah, you just drive up to where they're at, and yeah. you can just walk right up to them. Yeah, and they they all have their their keepers, their mahouts. Got it. Uh, if they're you know the privately owned ones, and so they'll they have their you know, person that okay. kind of helps direct them as to what to do and where to go.
0: So maybe you felt a little bit safer. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine, like, an elephant's leg must be the same as three people standing next to you. Like, huge. Yeah, yeah
1: they are so powerful. <sighs>
0: Are they warm, cold when you touched an elephant? What does it feel like? Yeah, they're warm, you yeah. know, their
1: skin is very uh, rough, okay, you know, which helps them with their environmental. Um, it's kind of a bug protection mm. and so they're very rough, but they have soft spots kind of behind their Ooh. ears and things that are fun to pet. Oh. and um, they're they're super intuitive animals mm-hmm. just looking into their eyes, you can tell how intelligent they are and
0: oh just have that connection right Mm -hmm. oh my gosh you're gonna make me kind of teary right now oh you've looked right into lovin's eyes wow how did they react to you handling them did they just not even notice
1: it depends on the elephant Uh, just like any other species there are some that are more you know friendly and willing to participate than others um And so especially, you know, with us being visitors and stuff, they always made sure that the ones that they introduced us to were more friendly and willing. Um, But we did see a little bit of the other side of the not-so-willing, and that's a little more scary. But um, you're
0: professionally trained. Yeah. (laughs) I'm picturing when you said you trimmed their feet, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of like a horse farrier, kind of like that situation. Yeah. Oh, Wow. So you have to actually move their foot. And... So typically what, what they have them do
1: is they'll have them lay down. Oh. Um, and then, you know, you can get to the, the feet that are up oh. and then they'll have them turn around and lay down on oh the other goodness. side.
0: Oh, so they're just laying there chilling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh.
1: And it's nothing painful for them. Yeah. Just like a horse, you know. Like trimming
0: your nails. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it helps them a lot. Right. Wow. How exciting. What do you get to what do you hope to be able to do next time you go? Uh, Next
1: time I go, I hope to, you know, I hope the hospital is going to be up and running and I Mm. hope to be able to help, you know, maybe train them with some, you know, anesthesia procedures, things Mm. that uh, they'll need to to be successful.
0: Oh, how valuable. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe we're almost (laughs) to the end of the show. Is there any final thoughts, Teresa, you want to give us about either our own exotics here in the U.S. or about the elephant program?
1: Yeah, um, you know, with with our own exotics here in the U.S., I think that, um, you know, they they can make amazing pets. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that... You know, the the human-animal bond is a, mm. an amazing thing, and that extends far beyond, you know, our normal dogs and cats. Yeah. Uh, they do require some specialized care, so, you know, I always hope that people will look into that before they make a decision on, you know, the, the type of companion that they yeah. decide on, uh, and people are available to help with those yeah. decisions as well, and... You know, I I feel so fortunate to be able to help care for these guys on mm-hmm. a day to day basis. Oh. It's amazing. As far as conservation initiatives go, you know, I encourage people if they have if they have uh, an interest to reach out and um, make connections mm-hmm. and not be afraid to talk to people. That's how I got into it. Is just by stopping someone and having a conversation. And it, uh, it's a life changer and anybody can do
0: it. Wow, you're clearly very passionate. And I encourage anyone, if you want to talk to someone, CSU, I don't think we spelled that out, Colorado State University. right? <laughs> Colorado State University has just tons of resources for people yeah. um, from the technicians to website, all kinds of things. So if you have any questions, feel free to contact, reach out to CSU, Colorado State University. Thanks so much for being on the show, Teresa. Yeah, thank you. I can't wait to hear about your other, more adventures. And seriously, someday I'm going to be a fly on the wall there, maybe with my camera. Absolutely. It could happen. Okay, yay. Oh, good. We're going to make that happen. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Tales with Tales. I sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you have any feedback, send me an email at monique, M-O-N-I-Q-U-E, at silverpawstudio.com. To see images illustrating each tale, check out my blog post at silverpawstudio.com and, of course, in the Tales with Tales Facebook group. Until the next episode, I wish you many woofs, purrs, and treats. KRFC 88.9 FM Radio, Fort Collins, Critter Patter is recorded in their studios in the music district in the heart of Fort Collins, Colorado.